Welcome to the Faster Podcast by Flow Cycling, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything that makes you faster on your bike. This is episode 24, and today we have Tom Anholt from Blather Bout Bikes joining us on the show for part two of his interview. Tom is a mechanical engineer and avid cyclist who has a passion for studying rolling resistance and aerodynamics. Tom shares his studies on his popular blog, Blather Bout Bikes, and uses the data from his own studies to improve his cycling. During part one of our interview with Tom in episode 23, we covered rolling resistance. In this episode, we'll discuss what Tom knows about aerodynamics to help you go faster. Hey, this is Chris with Flow. When we're not producing this podcast, our team at Flow is designing some of the fastest carbon fiber bicycle wheels in the world. As a thank you for being a listener of our podcast, Faster by Flow, we wanted to offer you 20% off your next purchase of wheels at flowcycling.com. Head over to our website and pick up a set of wheels to make you faster at your next race or ride. Simply use coupon code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, in all uppercase letters when checking out to get 20% off your order. Thanks again for listening to Faster. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the aero side of things because you're definitely no stranger to aerodynamics and, and working in wind tunnels uh, either. So okay. you've been to the specialized wind tunnel uh, yes. a couple of times. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about the work that you've done with specialized and uh, what you've determined? Work? You mean play? Play, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been lucky with that. Um, I uh, it, Through a, a bunch of serendipitous events, I was able... Um, I got to know uh, Mark Cody and, and Chris Yu and, and Cam Piper. Um, it, it, I, I, I was, uh, I'd known Mark Cody from, gosh, back when he was still at MIT. He was, um, he was posting on Slow Twitch and yep. we had conversed a few times um, through, you know, instant messages and, and email and stuff like that. And eventually he landed at Specialized and, um, and of course he, he was kind of their first aero uh, expert, uh, did a lot of their, their stuff there. Um, and fast forward to a few years back and um, another friend of mine, Jordan Rapp, who you guys are also familiar with, yep. uh, ex-professional triathlete. Now he's, I think he's, he's working at Zwift and uh, actually putting in a, putting in an attempt to get on the team pursuit for the Olympics in Tokyo. So is anyway, really? yeah, he is. You oh, should wow. go check out his blog. He, he put that out there that he goes, I'm going to try this. So yeah. Um, anyway, Jordan was going to be going to uh, um, Kona for the Ironman uh, tr- uh, triathlon championships his first time. And at that time he was, a, he was sponsored by specialized. And so, um, he was going to go in there for kind of a, a, they had just opened their, um, wind tunnel at the time that, that, that they had constructed themselves. And Jordan said, Hey, I'm going to go do this. It's a one day thing. Do you want to come and watch? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, of course I do. Um, <laughs> and then I, and then of course I, I, uh, I, I, of course had to push it a little further. And I said, well, you know, Robert Chung doesn't live that far away. Can he come too? He's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so that ended up, uh, so that's when I, I first was at the wind tunnel and that was purely observational. So, um, I mean, we had a great time. We got to learn all stuff. That's when I that's when I first met Chris. You, um, 
and got to know those guys and um, we it was it was really really a good time um, learned a lot of really interesting things for Jordan's setup um, things that matter things that don't matter um, fast forward a couple years after that um, Chris contacted me and said hey we're doing this series of wind tunnel videos you guys probably all saw that on, on YouTube and yeah. we have some ideas and we are wondering, and we've got this time set aside. Um, I guess luckily specialized has, uh, they kind of like a lot of the tech companies that are in the, in the, the Bay area there, they, they allow people time at work to pretty much play just to, cause they might get some kind of innovation out of it. It's like, here's this thing you've been laying, you know, laying off it for, for a while. Why don't you, go and try it and maybe you'll learn something and you can re- apply that then to the job. Um, and so under that premise, they said, uh, Chris called me and said, Hey, you want to come? We got it. We got this day open. We can do whatever you want. I'm like, nice. really? Why me? <laughs> you know, so, so I gathered a bunch of wheels and tires and all kinds of stuff. And I f- tried to figure out how can we, you know, what's the most we can get out of this one day that we're doing this. Um, and so that was that actually um, I, uh, uh, all that stuff that I learned out of that I put up on my blog. Um, they were there. It was great because that was right when they had come out with the the Vengevius, and they had also redesigned the Roval, their Roval uh, CX64, I think it was tire or wheel, and they had a set of tires that went along with it. And so we we're they they let me compare and contrast to all kinds of other things that I brought with me, everything from one of your wheels, um, one of your original wheels, yep. uh, it to, and um, to an old head three, tri spoke to, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> to, you know all, just, just different things. Um, and so that was, that was pretty good. Um, and then just recently um, that was, this was last year, um, Ray maker of DC rainmaker, was going to uh, be at Specialized. He was he was in the area and he contacted uh, Robert Chung and myself and the same kind of thing. Hey, I'm going to be doing this stuff here. You want to come watch? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was a lot. So I've been able to I've been able to go there three times now, and and every time it was basically luck. So awesome. <laughs> uh, do, do you have any future stuff coming up with them, or you don't know? You're no, just waiting for I don't the next have phone call. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, one thing that we have learned over the years is that wind tunnel protocols um, are more important than you may think. You think you walk into a wind tunnel, you put a wheel in the wind tunnel, and it it's completely fair and um, accurate to everything that everyone else has put in there. Can you tell us what you've learned about wind tunnel protocols and how important it is when working in a wind tunnel? Um, yeah, and it, there's a, it's always this, um, it's always this trade-off that you're trying to judge between being able to do a lot of data and, but also then being able to check yourself to make sure that what you're getting is consistent. Yep. Um, one thing I know that, uh, like, uh, in, in Cam Piper really insisted on this when we were doing a lot of the wheel testing was, okay, we've done to these, we've gone through these runs, we've done a bunch of different things, we've tried these things, okay, we're going back to the first one again. Um, just to make sure nothing's changed. And, um, and actually a couple of times that we did that, we did find something that was a simple thing that changed in the setup of, you know, you know, this, this, this skewer, or they use like a bolt, bolt on skewers. This one was backed out just slightly more than another one. And it showed up in the data, you know, at a certain, certain angle. So, um, 
It's yeah, it's all about a lot of it. It comes down to is you try to control as much as you can, but then the things you can't control, you want to instrument so that you can comp you can account for them. Um, so you so you could you know, account for them in a, in whatever model for the that you're using. Okay. Um, yeah. The other thing is that <laughs> this happened the last time we were with Ray is you you it's very important to have a plan going in of what you're going to do. <laughs> oh um, yes, it is. <laughs> and and just like and just like Mike Tyson says, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, everyone has a plan for the wind tunnel until the first data comes back. Yeah, and and then yeah. it changes, and then it changes again, and yeah. Um, and so it, to, to, if you've never been in there and you want to do something, let's say you want to do some positioning, it, it is well worth it to go with someone or, or use someone that has done it before, um, so that they are, uh, you know, familiar with what can be accomplished in a given amount of time, um, reasonably, and also, you know, to keep things on track, to do things efficiently, um. That was and, one of the things. <laughs> yeah, and to keep the protocol uh, useful. I, I made a comment on Slow Twitch a while ago about uh, a test that was done. And I said, you know, it, it may not hurt for these certain people to maybe take someone who works at a company or someone who's been there before just to make sure that you're, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. And some people like that, I think, and others didn't. But it's, uh, yeah. it is important to, to go... I think with somebody with experience and John and I kind of learned the hard way the first couple of times, you know, you yeah. go in, you do this and you get this data and you're like, wow, we yeah. can use it, but we had mm -hmm. to throw away all of this and we wasted all of this money because we're not right. going to use data. That's not good. You know? Right. Or that you don't have confidence in. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the, the off time, trying to minimize off time is a big thing. I oh, know yeah. that when I, when I did the, when, when I did the, the play time, that first time and we were doing the wheels, I knew which wheels and which tires and which combinations I wanted to try. And I actually, before I even went there, I made, cause I didn't want to have it that I have a, you have a wheel and a tire in the, in the tunnel, you do a run and you have to pull it out. And yet on that wheel, you got to switch the tire and wait for that. So I actually charted out a, a matrix of which combination of wheel and tire to do in what order so that, I was, we were never waiting for a wheel to go into the tunnel <laughs> so that whatever wheel communication came out, that was now getting it. There was one ready to go right back in. John and I have the same matrix. Yeah, built. <laughs> yeah exactly. And it was, it was, that is why we were able to get through so many of those combinations in, in that short of a time, because otherwise it, it, it's, it's amazing how quickly once it, once it, once that uh, the tunnel stops and the door opens and you start fiddling around with stuff, uh, the time just disappears. Yep. And I also think that I could win the inner bike tire change competition at this time um nothing motivates you better than eight hundred dollars an hour <laughs> exactly yeah. I, I might give you a run for your money yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my john are you we're let's go to um if for for people going to do their own wind tunnel studies um what if what would be your general advice for them um, if just to make sure that they have a good, uh, test, if they're going to spend some money and go s spend some time in a tunnel, do you have any recommendations for them? Well, I think, I think we touched on it before. It's like, go, if you've never done it before, you have, don't know what, what, what it all entails. If you've never been able to even observe, definitely find someone who has the experience to, to help guide you. Um, there's, uh, like Heath Dotson is, is, is one of those guys. 
uh, he and uh, I'm trying to remember who else, who it is uh, he does that with. They run these like kind of arrow camps. Or you go see a guy like uh, Jim Manton down at. Uh, um, we had him on actually. Yeah, right. Great guy. Exactly. Those are the kind of people you want to because they they're they're able to basically tell you, let's say you come in with this, I want to test all of this stuff. And you're like, ah, oh, no, no, you're not going to be able to do that here. Let's, let's, let's do the things that give you the most benefit or the most potential benefit. And, um, that's one of the things that is nice about uh, if you're not going to do wind tunnel testing, if you could do external testing, field testing, like Chung method or whatever, you can try all those different things. You got to be a little more careful with your, you know, um, environmental conditions and all things like that. Um, but those are the things to try. You want to try, you know, different, you know, hel- uh, head hand heights or different things like that. You don't want to, you don't want to do major changes when you go into a tunnel. Um, you want to, but you want to also leave room to, for the results that are coming back to guide you into trying something you hadn't thought of. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Okay, interesting. And then, so knowing what you know about aerodynamics and all the testing that you've done on-road and off-road, um, what would your general wheel selection advice be for those looking for a good all-around fast set of wheels? Um, are we talking for like triathlon and time trial? Yeah, let's, let's do triathlon and time trial and then just general road riding. Okay, triathlon and time trial, um, basically a disc or a covered wheel for the rear, no matter what. Yeah, okay. definitely. Unless you're going to Conan, they don't let you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then on the front is however deep of a wheel uh, that you feel comfortable handling. And if you don't feel comfortable, don't reduce the depth of the wheel in the rear. Reduce, start reducing the front. You know, for for whatever given conditions you have, um, reduce the depth of the front until you get down to like a, a low profile you know, Mavic Open Pro, yep. then start reducing it on the rear. Um, that's my general. There's... Um, I have okay. that conversation half a dozen <laughs> times a week. Yep. Yeah. And then and then is, is road... So let's go to road now. It's just like yeah. you know, crit racing, stage racing, that kind of stuff. Crit racing, anything that's in probably the 50, 60 millimeter range. Um, okay. I wouldn't... Don't worry so much about, about uh, wheel weight. Um, and have, yeah, this idea that you need a super lightweight wheel set to spin them up. The, the fact is that humans accelerate very slowly and wheels rotation accelerates extremely slowly. And um, it's, it's not the same as taking a, it, it, think about it this way. It, how much effort does it take to spin up a wheel that's sitting in a, on a bike in a stand? You could almost do it with one finger, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter the the weight of the wheel, right? You can you can always fit. So the amount of difference in wheel uh, uh, rotational inertia for a crit is is nothing. And even if it's multiple uh, jumps and multiple accelerations, most of those are going to be done from a starting speed anyway, high right. starting speed. So right. really, what's keeping you from accelerating from X speed to Y speed when you're starting out high is your aerodynamics. So okay concentrate on that instead of the the mass so that's actually probably one of the most referenced articles i've i've linked to is your article that you wrote on that <laughs> yeah. on slow twitch and if you do the math i think that the math of acceleration uh arrow versus weight it's like 49 to 1 i yes. think yes. where aerodynamics are 49 times more important than i think you had a, a pound of wheel difference 
Yes, uh, which is huge. Which is all crazy. At, all at the rim, yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, you referenced, you know, you want to be on as deep a wheel as you can handle. When you go to road and crit and stuff like that, you're saying 50 to 60 mils. Yeah. Why would you not go out to the deepest you could handle on a road or crit type situation? Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've raced against people who, who, uh, uh had discs in the back, um, covered or covered wheels. <laughs> in a um, you could in road races. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I knew a guy who, uh, I, or I saw a guy who would road race on a, a carbon P3, um, with drop bars and a, and a disc. And of course he would always try to break away, break away. Um, <laughs> if any, so I guess if anything, you don't want to do that just so if you do try to break away, people don't try to follow you. Um, anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so you have done a lot of work, obviously, with the weight versus arrow thing. Um, I, I called you the godfather of that. You weren't overly <laughs> proud of that name, but you really have done so much with that, to, to, you know, um, yeah. breaking that myth. And then since then, you know, you've helped us expand upon that uh, in articles. And we've done even more with that with Ryan Cooper from uh, Best Bike Split. He's helped us take it even further. I think I know the answer to this question. I, I do know the answer to this question, but I want to just get your confirmation. Are there any situations where you would prioritize wheel weight over aerodynamics? Sure. Okay. It would be a hill climb of above 9%, and okay. that's it. And, and that's, that's for it. my power. If I, yes. was, if, I, if I was a pro tour, it would be even steeper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. So really, and if there's course, I always say if there's a, if there's any course before the climb or after the climb, you're, right. you should throw the weight out anyway. If it's basically, if you're climbing the Alpe d'Huez, right. worry about weight. If not, don't worry about it. So, exactly. Okay. And then just when it comes to the rest of the bike, are there any, what, if you were to give somebody maybe your top three pieces of advice for, Hey, let's get your bike from you know, into a relatively good aero position or place, what would you recommend that people do with either their body, their equipment, or their bike? Um, I think a lot of things, uh, I, I prefer, let's start from the bars forward. Okay. Um, a, a, an, a bar that has an aerodynamic cross-section across the tops yep. is, a, is a simple thing. I mean, there's, 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 I know Bontrager makes an aluminum. It doesn't have to be a carbon bar. Bontrager makes an aluminum that has their, you know, um, their, uh, cam tail section across the top. Um, yep. um, I use a three T bar that actually has an aluminum version of that as well. Um, okay. but that getting what that, what I'm starting out here with is that round, round sections perpendicular to the airflow are bad. Yes. So starting at the, starting at the, at the bars on a road bike, um, if you, that's those two sections of the handlebar that are coming out of the stem going directly left and right are horizontal to the airflow. So if you can use a arrow section in that, um, there's a, there's a picture I had, again, pictures, pictures matter. There's a picture I took of a demonstration piece that was at the specialized wind tunnel last time I was there where it was a short section of, um, of of uh, a rod that was the same diameter as as exposed cable housing, yeah, and it showed that it was equivalent drag to this massive wing section that was the same height, and they were equivalent drag, and the total width of that that aerodynamically shaped 
um, uh, piece was probably, I would say, 20 to 25 times the width of the round um, uh, cable section. So, yeah, yeah, it's huge. I'll, I'll, I'll show you a picture. Holy. It's, yeah, it's their, their equivalent drag. Um, and so that's why, you know, exposed cable housing. Um, any, like, I think what it comes down to is any round sections perpendicular to the airflow um, is, is not that great. Um, now, just if it's, if it's a round section, but it's not perpendicular, obviously, the, if, it, if it's angled to the wind flow in the plane of the air flowing past it, that's more of an oval, and that's not as bad. So um, it, it really is stuff that's, that's, that's perpendicular. Um, yeah. And then, and then leading edges matter a lot. So the front wheel and the front wheel tire matching that up. Um, as far as bar height goes, I know a lot of people like to stam their sl or slam their stem so that uh, you know they're so that they think they, they get their body lower. But a lot of times, and you even see this with uh, pro riders, you'll see that they end up putting the bars down so low that that when they're in the drops, their arms are straight. Well, yeah. those those are those are those are cylinders basically perpendicular to the airflow. Um, I prefer to have my bars actually held a little uh, or on the bike a little higher, um, so that when I'm in the drops, I actually have to bend my arms um, to almost a, a, a almost a, a 90 degree angle just to get uh, less of the arm perpendicular to the airflow. Um, I like to use a, a, a I also like to use a bar that has deeper drops than what the current fashion is of the real, real shallow drop, just okay. so that there's more, uh, there's more of a range of heights that I can take with the front end of the bike. Right. Um, so uh, let's see, what else is there? Um, all this typical t stuff, tight clothing, um, flappy things, you know, fl a flappy jacket or whatever is, 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 it's amazing how much drag that adds. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of the, I mean, go watch all the wind tunnel videos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. um, but and yeah. So what are your thoughts on these, these truncated frame shapes? You have, you, they call them uh square or, you know, things yeah. like that. So you've got the nice round shape up front, it kind of is flat and then it's a very truncated yep. shape. I think the speed concept follows some of that. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Trek really kind of brought it to the fore with the original speed speed concept and their their uh, um, cam shape, yep. and it's actually a for for what you're trying to do. It actually is a a, a, a clever way of getting arrow without without sacrificing. It, it's the best combination of, of of stiffness, lateral stiffness, twisting stiffness for that tube section, but also being aerodynamic. Okay. Um, I think specialized with the with the new Venge and all their kind of uh, they had they they had d shapes all the stuff that uh, Ingmar uh, went through he uh, you know came up with for you know for this for the the purpose of this tube in this spot this is the widest it can be without being you know less arrow and less stiff um, you know this is the you know they they basically they tuned the shapes to the to the function yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy so, looking bike. That new, yeah, um, yeah. So it's yeah. So it the, as far as the truncated shapes, are, obviously, if you filled in the rest of the tail, it would be even faster. Okay. But without the filled in tail, it's it's better than if you had a just a round tube of the equivalent width. Oh, for sure. Right. It's much better. Um, yeah. 
Cool. All right. Well, we have gotten to the the last question that we ask every guest. It's called our Watt Point question, and I think you might win the competition for Watt Points. <laughs> um, so basically, the idea is if the listeners follow the advice of the expert on the show, how many watts can they save? And we base this off of a rider with a 300 watt FTP. In this situation, it's really mostly equipment based, so it's not going to really matter what the rider's FTP is, but um, if we take your rolling resistance advice and your arrow advice and we take it from a, a bad setup to a good setup, what are we talking? I think we've already determined that the tires are worth about 48 watts. So yeah. aerodynamically, what, what else can we save if we go from a bad position to a good position? Or, or even or the, the equipment changes and all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. Well, just the just the bar alone could be like 5 to 10 watts, That the, the, the top sections. Um, the... Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, depends on specifically what you're talking about, the depth of the wheels or we'll the, just take uh, a bad um, rider and give them everything. They get all the yeah. goods. Probably probably get them another 20 watts. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, cool, man. Uh, we can't thank you enough for being on the show. You you know so much about this industry, and I love your your passion for it and how much you study it, and then share it with everybody. That's really cool that you 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 give everyone this information. So yeah, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being on the show. How can listeners learn more about you? Oh gosh, I'm not sure if I want them to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean it comes down. This is really all a hobby for me. It's not my. It's not my job. It's not my. It's. It's. It is all a hobby, and it's all about um, my curiosity and those things. So um, I'm just. That's why I'm happy to share whatever I learn because it's it's stuff that I've discovered and said. You know, this is kind of cool, and especially if it's something that that goes against the grain of what um, people believe or what the what what the the myth and lore, as Job's Brandt used to call it. Um, yeah. I, I think it's really cool to get the actual facts out there. So, okay. So your blog though is is Blather about bikes. Yeah, and it's bike blather. Yeah, it's blather about bikes. But the web the the URL is bikeblather.blogspot.com. Perfect. All right, Tom. Thank you so much. Best of luck with that leg. Thanks, I know Tom. you'll be back on a bike in no time, and I can't wait till you are. Okay. All right, man. Take care. You too. Yeah. Bye. Hey, this is Chris with Flow. When we're not producing this podcast, our team at Flow is designing some of the fastest carbon fiber bicycle wheels in the world. As a thank you for being a listener of our podcast, Faster by Flow, we wanted to offer you 20% off your next purchase of wheels at flowcycling.com. Head over to our website and pick up a set of wheels to make you faster at your next race or ride. Simply use coupon code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, in all uppercase letters when checking out to get 20% off your order. Thanks again for listening to Faster. We hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to listen to episode 25 where we discuss men's health and learn how saddle selection, urogenital health, and healthy levels of testosterone can help you become a faster cyclist. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by sharing our podcast and by leaving a rating or review. If you want to learn more about our company, Flow Cycling, please visit us online at flowcycling.com. That's F as in Frank, L-O-C-Y-C-L-I-N-G.com. You can also find us under Flow Cycling on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, ride safe.